Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, Matt, Brooklyn Nine-Nine came to a dramatic conclusion. It's not usually what we talk about, but uh, but a really a really good show with a really good finale. It was fun, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I uh, you know started watching it just this past spring. I guess I, I probably started into it. I don't remember, maybe April or May, and watched it on on the peacock um and and then uh you know finished seven seasons in time to watch the eighth season on nbc and enjoyed it yeah it was it was always a funny show i i you know i'm an andy sandberg fan from saturday night live always thought he was funny on there and uh so i you know i figured i'd enjoy it and uh had some had some excellent characters um and yeah i i enjoyed the the last season i thought they hit the high notes and ended with the the right balance of humor and sap, which I like. Yeah, a, a mark of most uh, Dan Gore, Michael Schur shows. Yes, yes. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. It, it, watching through and then and then finishing the show, I, you know, I don't know about you, I, I think I prefer Parks and Rec. I think Parks and Rec was, was more more enjoyable, but that's not an insult to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, just, you know, hey, you gotta, you gotta pick one. Um, I think Parks and Rec to me is is probably my favorite, even better than The Office in my mind. Um, and, and see, but this for, was, for this me, was fun. I I have Parks and Rec third of those. Really, three. Okay. I, I have okay. The Office in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like there, I have a recency bias. Um, right, right. But for me, the the thing about The Office, and they did a very good job of bringing it back together for the finale. Yes. But yes. having so many non-core group seasons after Michael so left. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It hurts yeah, it. The, Whereas the Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Was, was yeah. You know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Gina, the Gina character left. Uh, but but, but they me, kept the core. The show at all. No, they like kept that. the core together. They brought her back uh, for a couple episodes throughout. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I. Honestly, Gina was probably my least favorite character on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, she was good at the beginning, but I thought as the, as the seasons wore along, she became more annoying to me. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, like her departure actually seemed like a boost. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the office of the three is the one that I think you could say went on too long. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, it did, you know, and, and it got bloated with, with, you know, James Spader and, um, you know, just kind of you're now I totally agree. The last three episodes of the office were fantastic. Those mm-hmm. three hour long episodes they did, they, they wrapped up stories. They, they finished on a great note, but the rest of season eight, and nine, I get the litmus test for me is like, you're flipping through the channels. Comedy central comes across and you see, Oh, it's the office. If it's a season eight or nine and it's not the last three episodes, I'm usually not turning it on. Yeah. And they're okay, but they're not, they're not ones that I'm like desperate to see again. Whereas for, for me, Parks and Rec, I can turn on any episode from any season and I know I'll get some laughs uh, and, and I'll, it's, it's like comfort food. Like I can have Parks and Rec on in the background and I'm going to enjoy it, whether it's season one or season seven. Well, and with Parks and Rec, it, it was, you know, actual edition of, of, yes. of Chris and Ben. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, it was a major change to the cast. You know, they, they lose Mark and they add Chris and Ben. And you'd think that that's like, oh, not not good. But in, in this case, it actually really helped. Yeah. And then survived when 
Rob Lowe uh, yeah. left again. And Karen left, and right, Karen. right, yeah. So, no, I completely agreed, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that, that to me is probably my favorite. I mean, I just think, the, you know, the characters of Chris, the character of Andy, Ron, uh, like they were guaranteed to, to always give me something to laugh about. Whereas there probably wasn't a character on Brooklyn Nine-Nine that I thought every episode delivered. And, mm-hmm. and those, I would say, like any storyline involving those three guys, especially April too, like, you know, it, it would always give me something to, to laugh. Yeah. But with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I mean, it, the whole ensemble, much like these other shows, was good. Even in the yeah, non-Jake-centric, yeah. you know, B story of every episode was good. Right. Right. Agreed. I mean, and, and uh, I mean, Andre Brower was great. Like I've seen yeah. him in some other stuff before. I, 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 I never watched homicide, but I, he was on some crossovers with law and order. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, he was a very good dramatic actor in that. Um, and, and I didn't know when I first started the show, I thought, I don't know how, you know, how's he going to play as a, as a comedic actor, but they, they mm-hmm. pulled it off well where they never really made him a total comedic actor. No. Uh, he played the the very you know like straight vanilla role yeah. while getting some you know while delivering laughs in that role. Yeah, well, he just he played the straight man. In, he did. In it. He um, did. Yeah, yeah. And Ir- ironically enough, because yeah. he obviously was not straight in that show, which I remember being stunned by. Never knew that. Like when I first started watching the first episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not know that he was gay in the show. Um, but that, that was always funny. And of course his, you know, husband was the guy from Parks and Rec, the attorney mm-hmm. from Parks and Rec, who was in the last couple seasons, uh, you know, that would, would show up in a few episodes and he was always funny. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, they, uh, they, they always like, I say that, like, you know, like I said about, you know, Ron Swanson and Andy and, uh, you know, any storyline involving Holt usually made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, as I told you, that, you know, Melissa Fumero, the, yes. Amy Santiago was, to me, a perfect character. It like, was, a, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. And they stuck, like, she didn't change at all. Yes. But, like, and that, to me, that was great. Like, she was always neurotic, always all these things. She just, right. I thought that as a, as a, like, it, you know, she wasn't the main A character, so as a B-level character right. on this show, as a supporting role regular, was a fan, uh, fantastic I character. And, a, and a, an incredible foil to the Jake Peralta character. Yeah, she was. She was, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I you know, the, the finale was a very busy episode. It was almost like one of those that a couple times I had to pause it and be like, okay, where, where are we at? There's a lot happening here. Uh, you know, and the heist episodes were always kind of like that. Where mm-hmm. It was like, you know, What's going on? You know, where, where is this going to land? Um, but I, you know, I, I love the, uh, like I said, the perfect blend of humor and sentimentality. The last scene between Holt and Peralta, you know, I mean, that was, you know, that, that tugged at your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. It was exactly the, the right way to end that. Because those, I mean, you know, really, they were the, they were the main characters of the show, I guess you'd say. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it, like not to minimize the others, but I think that, the show really centered around the dynamic between the two of them. And, and, you know, so that was a great way to end it. And, you know, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a fun watch and, uh, you know, but if, if, and when it shows up on syndication, I don't see it in syndication as much as certainly not the office and somewhat parks and rec, but 
uh, you know, I'd, I'd turn on an episode and watch it again and probably enjoy it. Now, speaking of enjoyable watches, ASU beat Colorado in a, in a must-win game. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it last week, basically set the, not that, not that they were listening to us, but we set the expectation that, hey, you got to win this. You just cannot afford a, a no-show. Um, and from the parts I saw live, and then I went back and watched it, thought it was our best performance of the year. Now, that's not saying a lot because I don't think we were that aggressive in the first three games, but I still thought it was a, it was a sign of progress from, from the troubles that we had the first three games. Absolutely. A- absolutely it was. Um, you know, the I, I read the game stories and I listened to some podcasts about it and stuff I didn't really notice in the game action, mm-hmm. uh, but that got pointed out. And then it's one of those things where in retrospect, you're like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of criticism for Merlin Robertson uh, being out of position and, and yeah. you know, over I- over attacking, being too aggressive. And I didn't notice that as much either in watching it. Yeah. But I, I didn't I didn't notice that reaction. I saw Haller tweeted about, you know, Herm talking about him this week and uh, it wasn't the most positive, you know, tone of the conversation it sounded like. And uh, you know, I mean I, so I, I went back and watched the replay, but I will admit I kinda was, you know, doing some other things as I was doing that and maybe more focused on the offense. Mm-hmm. I, I will I will concede I watched the offensive plays more intently to see how we looked. Um, I didn't notice that with Merlin Robertson, but obviously, you know, people smarter than me have noticed it. So that's, you know, not, not ideal. Yeah. Now I, I will say very, very impressed uh, with some of the offensive play calling. We, you know, for all of our last conversation about Zach Hill and does this, is he Okay. This this was good. Now some things didn't work, and the running game, so, you know, yeah. something seems a little off. I you know you can just look I at agree. the numbers and like we're not doing what I was expecting us to I do. I agree, and 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 I think this is you know like I mean I know Howler's tweeted about how we we you know the percentage of run plays and we're I think third on the conference and you know the the overall running numbers the rushing numbers I think probably look pretty good, but. It's that it's the designed, you know, the simple handoff to the running back that really we haven't been as dominant with that as we were last year. Certainly not as where you know where it felt like, especially those last two games, it was like, man, you know, we we could just turn and hand it off and get seven yards at a crack, and and we're going to break a couple fifty yarders. We haven't seen that this year. Dan Daniels has been the guy with the longest runs. It feels like. Yeah, and, and granted. Those were two of the worst rushing defenses, were, and sure, and were sure, effect. Sure. And the last one was effectively a meaningless game. It was agreed. I mean, you have to. You, you certainly you have to take that performance with a little bit of a grain of salt in those last two games. But even even the USC game, uh, mm-hmm. when we you know we struggled to throw the ball there in the opener last year, we ran it pretty well. That kept us in the game. Um, and, and again, the numbers look okay, but, but it just, I don't know. Now we haven't had train him since the opener and maybe that'll make, you know, hopefully he's coming back this week. That seems to be the case. Um, and, and so maybe that'll help. And, and, you know, Hey, I thought, I thought Daniels as a passer looks the best he has this year. And that can only help the running game. You know, the, the more you establish a threat of a legitimate passing game, 
then that opens up holes for your running game. And, and so far, we really hadn't shown that much. Yeah. Um, you know, Elijah Badger touchdown. That's nice to see his first first career touch, right? Yes. Went, goes for a touchdown. He had a he had a reception later, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I even thought the old media relations guy in me went to that immediately and thought, I wonder how many guys in their first career, you know, rush last reception scored a touchdown in school history. Can't be many, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, might be hard to find. I don't know if you could actually find that answer, but uh, yeah, it was just nice to see him on the field. Uh, I mean, you know, we've heard a lot about him from when he was a high school prospect to last year is, you know, just practicing to this preseason and, uh, you know, our spring ball. And, you know, it's just nice to see him on the field. Hopefully he can do some more. And I texted you about this as I watched the, the recording of it. Johnny Wilson looked solid. He didn't look like Nikhil Harry or Jalen Strong, and I'm not sure he's ever going to be that. But he uh, he made some nice plays. He looked like more than just a, a statue who can just, you know, catch a five-yard pass. Yeah, agreed. And, and one of the things that is interesting with Badger now having some role right. uh, and, and Wilson being a little more active, Bunkley Shelton still doing Bunkley Shelton things. Right, right. You know, we might not have the blow the top off the right. defense guy, but it may just be a factor of you just don't have enough coverage to cover all yeah. of these, you know, effective I mean, workmanlike receivers. Right. And I think that's what I was hoping for this year and what we didn't really see as much in the first three games. And and I don't want to overstate. I mean, it wasn't like our passing game clicked on all. Oh, no, we're playing and we're playing a, a ranked team on the road. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I just it looked more confident than what we've seen this year and even really last year. And, and again, water that down with last year with, you know, we only played four games, two of them. We, we got, you know, leads early and we were able to just run the ball and didn't have to throw it much. And so when we did, it was like, you know, yeah, we had some big plays, but we didn't need it to move up and down the field. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's tough, but I just, I was, I was happy. I mean, the very first play was a pass to Wilson that he took for some yards after the catch, like, Okay, that's see, that's those are the type of things you want to see more of, um, and it's just felt like that's been a struggle since 2019 for for Daniels in this passing game. And I was I was pretty pleased with how it looked. Now again, you know it's one game and it wasn't perfect, and we have tougher games ahead. But you know, progress is progress. Yeah, and, and look, they, they did what we talked about they needed to do. They had control of the game. They kept control yes. of the game. It, yes. it was never really in doubt in the second half. No, um, I mean, and, and answered when at the only time it was. I mean, Colorado comes out, scores a touchdown on the first drive. It's 14-10, and we answer right back with a touchdown. And then I think we scored touchdowns on maybe two of the next three possessions and, you know, 35-10, and, and we're cruising at that point. So, you know, I, I think – in watching that game and obviously watching the first three before that, and you just start thinking like, maybe, maybe the identity of this team isn't going to be what I thought it could be, which is, you know, really great. We're going to outclass people. I, I don't, I don't know that that's the case, but you know, if we can, if we can play this style, run the ball, Daniels becomes, you know, continues to be a good runner, gets a little bit more consistent as a passer you know, is that gonna is that good enough to win a national championship? No, 
but it might be good enough to win the Pac-12 South. That that style of play that we saw on Saturday, like, okay. I mean, if we adjust our expectation notch just a tad, you know, can it get us to 9-3 and three on a trip to Vegas in December? Maybe. I'm not sure, but maybe. Well, a big step toward that is this week because... Oh, for sure. It, for sure. It feels to me... And I, I'm curious your take. But UCLA now has has picked up all the momentum in the world. They're the only one of us who's ranked left. Right. Um, you know, they're it's their you know, they get us at home. It's their right. division to lose now in many it respects. It feels that way. It does, yeah. But they have you know, they haven't really had a test either. You know, they, well, they, they won their Fresno opener. State. Yeah, I mean, they, they beat LSU. Good yeah. win. Um, but they lost to Fresno State at home. Now, Fresno appears to be a pretty good team. I mean, they, they gave Oregon a heck of a game in week one. They're in the top 25 now. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying losing to Fresno is like losing to, you know, uh, a, a, you know an FCS team or something like that. Like an NAU. Um, right, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Good, good call. That's a good comparison. Um, you know, but, but it's, it's still like, okay. I mean, I think that loss kind of brought the, brought it back to earth a little bit, but like, okay, they're good, but they're not, you know, it's not Alabama. I mean, you know, they they clearly have some vulnerabilities if you lose at home to Fresno state, no matter how good Fresno is. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think this is a game where if we're able to click in you know we can win this isn't isn't a game where we need them to play bad to win i feel like this is a game where if we play well we can win yeah yeah i mean it's uh the offense is gonna i mean again the way they lost was what 40 to 37 or something like that like Mm -hmm. you you know the offense is gonna have to show up um and but we do have in theory all of our running backs back yeah yeah you know so it should be all hands on deck offensively, I think. You know, yeah. I don't think anybody's significant missing the game. Um, I mean, it's it's the beginning and, of a and big Defensively, stretch. Chase Lucas is back. Chase Lucas is back, which is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it was Haller said, you know, like, you know, divisions aren't decided in the first week of October, and they're not. I mean, whoever wins this game, it, 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 you know, it's far from done. Um, but... When you look around and you see USC certainly doesn't look very good. They already have two conference losses. If they finish on two conference losses, it would be a surprise. They just don't look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah appears to be in a little bit of disarray. Well, and they're um, now reeling from the death of a right, player. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's on and off the field disarray for them. Now, I, I'm still not, still not writing them off, but they certainly don't, you know, they don't look great. Um, and obviously we just saw Colorado and we've seen what Arizona's done. Those two don't appear to be any sort of, you know, contender to win the division. So, I mean, if you, if you look at, take those two out, USC, Utah, UCLA, ASU, I think UCLA and ASU certainly have looked the best of those four so far. Yeah. Again, ASU hasn't looked good necessarily, but you know, uh, Hey, the, the, I don't want to say the key to this season because I was hoping for more of it from that this season, but can you be better than the other five teams in your division? Yeah. I, I mean, I, this is you a, know. This is a big game for any goal. 
Yeah. You know, if your yeah. goal is to win the conference, you got to win the division. If your goal is to win the division, you should win this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting one. I, I I'll say I feel more confident than I did seven days ago. If you'd asked me what would we do against UCLA, I would have said uh, I don't know. Uh, I liked what I saw against Colorado for the most part. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, I think I you know said this last week. I feel like this three game stretch here. And it obviously starts with this one, and, and this one is maybe the most pivotal. But you know, you got this one, then you got home to Stanford, and you got at Utah. So if you can come out of this stretch three and zero, you're sitting pretty. Yeah. If you can come out of it two and one, you're still in. You're still okay. Shape. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're in. You know, obviously the you lose a tiebreaker depending on who you you know who that one is to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd be still in in you know. A position to contend you know one and two or worse and you're looking at kind of playing out the string at, in november you know yeah. you're 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 heading for the sun bowl or something like that but you know no shame in the sun bowl sun bowl's a nice game but this season was supposed to be more than the sun bowl yeah now i will say to you i have been generally happier with the team this week, I feel my mood is a lot better about Me what too. I've seen. Yeah. My pick is not reflective of that though. Yeah. Um, I, yeah I, I mean, I've thought about uh, it uh, a little bit today. Yeah. I, I just don't know if we can click on all cylinders. So I, I'm picking UCLA to win at the Rose bowl, uh, 38, 27. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, an interesting one because I, I I've thought about the game I haven't really gotten to the point of picking a winner I've just thought about like how significant it feels for ASU um I guess you know you're right I'm totally with you I I've felt the best I've the best I've felt after a game this year and even probably before we played Southern Utah that seemed with all the you know coaches suspended and investigation mm-hmm. and all that it just felt like there was kind of a black cloud and um, you know, and uh, yeah, I think I feel as good as I felt probably since, you know, May about this team. Um, but yeah, I mean, given that we did not play well on the road, the, the only time we've gone on the road now, this should not be as tough of an environment. No, but we cannot ca- commit double digit penalties. No, exactly. And, and so, you know, and, and in Colorado, I just, I mean, it was a good solid win, but they're not, they're not good. Like, you know, I mean, that, that must be. Well, it uh, felt, it felt like a season opening game where you, where you want to say like, Hey, there weren't any problems. And this time, unlike our actual opener, there, there weren't really any any major problems. No, agreed. Yeah. uh, You know, now, Hey, when you have a conference game and you can kind of feel like, Hey, we're in command of this game. You know, you never really feel like it's in jeopardy. That's, it's nice. Um, you know, and not to be ignored, but they're not good. And, you know, I mean, they, they lost 30 to nothing to Minnesota the week before at home and Minnesota isn't good. Um, and so, you know, that it has to be acknowledged So that that's a long winded way of saying I'm, I'm with you. If I had to make a pick, I'll, I'll pick UCLA. Hope I'm wrong. Um, but I'm going to go, let's say, not too much different from yours, I don't think. I'm probably going to go uh, 35 to 30. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, a game that's in doubt, but 
but just yeah yeah i mean look i think we should be in the game i mean if we're if we're outclassed that's going to be problematic i mean really losing is problematic i mean you know again i i'm not adjusting my expectations that much where i'm like well you know if we just go up there and contend with them like you know no we you know i want to win the game um but if we're beaten soundly then it's like well okay hold on because yeah this ucla team's decent but again we're not talking alabama or you know Ohio State of the Justin Fields or Clemson with Trevor Lawrence or something like that, where it's like, wow, we're just hoping to stay in the game. Like, you know, they're, they're solid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this team, this ASU team, needs, it seems, some sort of springboard. Maybe not internally. Maybe they feel like they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly externally. there's just not been something where you're like, wow, it really felt like everything worked all game. Agreed. Yeah. And and maybe that's foolhardy to think, but, but we did play an FCS school and a, and a bad, you know, bad mountain West team. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It was a ragged start. I mean, the three non-conference games, you know, I know we were two and one, but that should have been the you know the minimum expectation is to go two and one um, in those games, and and uh, we just didn't play well, and that's why I was glad with what I saw and and you know heard from people who observed and wrote about the game, and it was like you know all right, look like things maybe the the ship started to kind of turn around, mm-hmm. and we'll find out if it's completely turned around. I think this week, it's a it's a big one, and and then if you win this, then you got you got more big ones, you know, Stanford's shown some life um, and you get them on a short week and, and, you know, they're capable of beating you and then a trip to Utah where you will have to deal with, you know, crowd atmosphere again, uh, like you did at BYU and you didn't handle it very well. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll know a lot more in, you know, what about 17, 18 days. I feel like, uh, you know, where yeah. this team sits. Are they, if they're six and one, uh, you know, then we're probably we're back in the top twenty-five, and we're we're you know, things are pointed in the right direction to end up in Las Vegas. And if we're three and four, then it's like, oh boy, uh, you know, this this season is a lost cause at that point. Yeah, there's the the opportunity for the bottom to fall completely out is still there. Oh sure, sure. I mean, uh, yeah. Last week we talked about how last week could be that, and it wasn't. That's great, but. Yeah, it takes more than just beating Colorado to assure me that, you know, hey, this is going to be a competitive season all the way through. Yeah. Um, overall, big picture, they they did add a recruit this week. Yeah, I saw the, that. Yeah. For the first time, we're, we're moving <laughs> yeah. up instead of backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's good, but uh, they yeah, still seem... Like our- yeah, it's, there still seems to be some problems. Oh, and there, there is. I mean, I, I like you know. I think I said this to you in text. Like our our high school recruiting class is likely to be, you know, not good. At least in terms of recruiting rankings, we need to find some some you know diamonds in the rough type of things. Some guys that are you know kind of a unheralded recruits who are on, late on the radar and and you know, don't have any other power five offers and we get them in the tournament or something. 
And then, quite honestly, you know, very much like we did with basketball, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work that transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, of our of our twenty five scholarships, if we give out all twenty five next year, I would bet that potentially up to double digits, maybe maybe more than that, ten will be transfers of some variety, JUCOs or or four year college transfers. Well, let's uh, let's pivot to talk about basketball because basketball yeah, has sure. opened. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's it, coming soon. Schedule's out. Schedule's uh, out. Uh, what? Little, little more than a month till the opener now. Yeah, had to put the schedule out. Got got to the point yeah, where you kind of I mean, had yeah, to. Yeah, we did need. <laughs> we needed to know at some point, I guess. I, we had the non-conference schedule, I guess, admit, you know. But uh, but yeah, you know, nice to have the Pac-12 schedule and. And yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting year. I don't know if it's gonna be a good year, but it'll definitely be interesting. Yeah. Well, you've got um, you know, a new Bobby Hurley, and yeah. that that seems to be the report is he's he's locked in and he's ready. Um, I'll, I'll say this that there was a concerning quote from him, not yeah. so much for this team, but because of what it was last year. He said, I don't, you know, it's the first time I haven't had to worry about motivating the guys in a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. I, <laughs> like, I, I don't think that's a good quote to give because yeah. what else is the, you? Are you saying you couldn't connect with the players last year? Is that the issue? Because most mean, of them were guys who you recruited who'd been there for four years. Almost all of them. I mean, well, all of them were guys he brought in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there there wasn't anybody that he didn't bring in. I mean, this is what this is year six for him now. Yeah, am I right about that? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's you know this is all his team and his program, and it was last year too. And you know, I think he's without coming right out saying those words publicly, he's conceded that last year was a failure, and 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 not just a failure in terms of results, but a you know failure in terms of uh, design the team together and yeah yeah, you know i mean just like everything about it led to the failure in results uh and so i'm glad of that yeah i mean that's an interesting quote i i don't know what to make of it um you know I, i it does seem to be saying that yes last year he struggled to get them motivated and and i mean that's a little bit alarming, but yet not surprising based on what we saw last year. Yeah, no, and and I agree. I'm not surprised by it, but it, it just it's it just feels like one of those things you're not supposed to say, you know? Right. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's uh, you know, this is it's going to be an interesting year just because there's so much new. Um, I mean, even the guys we have back, which there are many might be playing different roles. I saw the tweet today about Marcus Bagley. Uh, you know, so I don't know what to expect this year. I, I my, my bar is set fairly low in terms of, you know, where we're going to finish in the conference and how many wins we're going to get. Uh, and yet, in the same, you know, same breath there, I say, well, like, you know, at some point you got to do it. Like, uh, you know, because it's year six or whatever number of year it is, might even be seven. If I'm thinking, of, I don't know. Is it, is it seven? Uh, no, I think it's six. Is it six? I don't know. Uh, I mean, regardless, six or seven, whatever. He's been here a while. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm tired of kind of being in that like, well, we're building something because as you pointed out to me several months ago, we were talking and you made an excellent point that I've kept in mind. You don't build something in college basketball much anymore. The roster changes every year. And, and, you know, all these guys we have, it's not like we're loaded with freshmen where it's like, well, we might struggle this year, but watch out for us in uh, 23. I mean, you know, we got a lot of transfers that will probably be moving on either done with college. They, they or ha- a lot of them school. have to be done. Right, right. I mean, you know, Jackson, Heath right. are, I think, both seniors. Lawrence is done. Lawrence is I mean, Lawrence done. His, his eligibility is expired. Bagley, you would think, goes pro. Yeah, you already, you already, already tried. You know, flirted with that, and so I mean, Boy, yeah, and you would it, think with the with the level of recruit he is that Boyachi Boyaki mm-hmm. uh, is is at least considering himself a one and done. Right. So yeah, I mean, you don't look at this roster, and and again, I I'm not sure you look at any roster in college basketball now and say, well, just wait, just wait two years until all the you know like. No, because, you know, guys leave and new guys come in and it's not just guys going to the pros anymore. You know, you yeah. used to think that with like Kentucky and Duke. Well, they, you know, they're one year's done. I mean, it's everywhere because of the portal. Yeah. And that's fine. Just the way it is. But then you say like, well, am I going to be content with, you know, finishing eighth in the conference and going to the NIT? No, because we're not building something. We're going to have a whole new batch of guys next year. No, exactly. This is. You know, this is a year, uh, you know, the one, to me, the most interesting part, the thing we need to focus on is if our guards are as good as they're supposed to be from everything we're hearing, and I know this is a broken record from last year, (laughs) right? Right. but, you know, especially since we haven't seen any of these guards play, Uh, but if, if Luther Muhammad is this good and... Marion Jackson is this good. Right. The way they're talking. We should be picking up from three-quarter court. We should be hounding guards all day. Yeah. And we, yeah. you know, I, I almost feel like it's, uh, the you know, the 80 U.S. hockey team, at least as portrayed by Disney and Miracle of, you know, <laughs> you, you might not be the best, but you're going to be the best conditioned. Like, right. they should just right. be prepared to run 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 yeah yeah i mean i i agree and and uh yeah i mean it's just it's it's a fascinating year it, i i certainly don't go into this year feeling like i did last year which i mean maybe is good because last year i was left you know empty and disappointed when it was all said and done but you know last year you looked at it and thought hey we should we should really be good we should be a top 25 caliber team we were preseason top 25 if i remember right um, mm-hmm. this year feels like, you know, a total unknown, which, you know, sometimes those years can be more rewarding, admittedly. Yeah. You well, know, if the, this team the, makes the tournament or wins the conference. Oh like, yeah. Then it feels like, wow, Hey, we're it's a lovable band of misfits type of thing, you know, and no expectations of, uh, you know, a lot of guys who, you know, were at another place and came here or they've been around here for a while and they've struggled and now they're, you know, hitting their stride and, and maybe we'll be that team. I mean, I remember the, the year after Harden and Pendergraft left. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, we're not going to be very good. We lost these two guys. And, now, you know, and we won 20 games. We finished second in the conference. Like, that was a very rewarding season to be a fan. 
that's yeah. one of the ones I remember the most. Like, just it was fun, man. I'm like, you know, and well, no that was but we were good. In many ways, that was uh, Herb's best coaching job. I would say so, yes. I agree. You know, I mean, because that was a bunch of role players. There was no one on that team who ever played a single minute in the NBA, I don't believe. Um, and, and to, you know, get 21, 22 wins – Finished second in the conference. We didn't make the tournament because conference was bad, and you know, but but we should have. We probably should have, and it was just. A, I just remember. I remember the very last weekend. I think we played UCLA and USC. It doesn't. I can't remember. It was Stanford, Cal. We won both games, and I remember going to the last game and thinking, like, God, this was just a fun team. Like you just, you know, you felt like you had a a bond with them because it was a, you know, again, kind of a band of misfits. But but it it worked and. Maybe that's what this season will be. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I mean, that's that's probably the optimistic take on it. The pessimistic take would be, you know, you have a bunch of guys who didn't really, you know, thrive at the place they were before or whatever. They're, you know, they were in the portal for a reason. Uh, you don't have any stars and you finish, you know, with 12 wins and, you know, you're you're playing out the string in February to, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of finish out the season and whatever. Yeah. But this is... Both are in play, I yeah. would say. But this is going to be interesting, right? Because this could be Hurley's best coaching job. If, if this team is something, that yeah. he bounced back from last year and put something together... Yeah. ...would be a heck of a job by him. It would. It would, yeah. I mean, last year was really the first year that you you saw the arrow pointing down rather than up for Hurley at ASU. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the first couple of years were a little were rough, but you knew they were going to be. The, the, the cupboard was left bare. It was going to take a while. And then you had, you know, the, the year that we got to what, you know, number three in the country, which was fool's gold. Obviously, we came to find out. But, you know, we beat Kansas. We beat Xavier. We made the tournament. The next year we made the tournament again, um, albeit neither one convincingly, but we made it. The You know, 20... Uh, 2020 we were on we were on our way to making the tournament tournament gets wiped out but you think you know okay we you know it was a good good season and you have this great recruiting class and it just felt like you know arrow pointing up maybe not straight up but up and last year was a huge disappointment and and it does call into question like all right you know what what's the deal with this guy is he going to be the guy that gets us over the hump and hopefully he you know answers that question a little bit this year and, and, in the affirmative and not the not the negative. Well, and I think what we're going to see here is a little uh a, a little bit of what is the assistant coaching staff because at this point I feel right. confident that we know Hurley's strengths recruiting. Right. And his weaknesses in game X's and O's. Yeah. Yeah. Um and player development. And, and we'll, we'll see. We haven't you know, seen a great amount of that. But does uh, what's the big man's name? Graham, Jalen Graham. Do, does right. he show market improvement? Uh, yeah, especially with yeah. Boyaki coming in. Right, right. Um, and it'd be good to see. And and Lawrence has. I will say that it's been a struggle for Lawrence, but the second half of last year. He finally, it seemed like something clicked for him, and he finally became a pretty good player. I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar, but that's okay. You know, he wasn't necessarily supposed to be a superstar. But, you know, that's been the frustrating thing. We've talked about it with, you know, Herb was always good at, like, if a guy stayed three years, he got better. 
Yes. No exceptions. And here with Hurley, if, if we've had guys stay three years, it's been like, Hey, why aren't they getting better? Like they, they started out good and uh, it's kind of like they plateau. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, Graham would certainly be a test of that because he's been, this is his third year now in the program. And you know, it's, it feels like it's time. We've heard good things. We've seen small little flashes, but we haven't seen enough to say, Oh yeah, he's a good player. Maybe we can count on him. Well, this feels like the year to see that. Well, and you've brought in somebody else where if Graham can be, if Graham can give you the year that we, the extra year we wish we would have gotten with Obi or the extra year we wish we would have gotten with Serge when Serge finally appeared to be over his knee injury. True. You know, like if, if we get that from him where it's like, you don't have to be the, the, the one. But you can be like a, a, you know, 17 minute a game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that would be great. It would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. I, it's um, basketball's kind of sneaking up on me a little bit. Um, uh, but I'm excited for it. And I'm excited to, to, you know, see what this team brings. It is like a almost, you know, blank chalkboard. In a way, I mean, you know, there's a few knowns, not many, a lot of names that haven't played a game for us before. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if we have, we don't have five scholarship guys returning, do we? We have Graham, Lawrence, Lawrence and Bagley. Is that right? Yeah. Because so, even mean, the end of the, even, even the end of the bench guys are all new. Well, that's true. Some of those guys, yeah, the, the Kyle Fates of the world or whatever, you know. So like, we couldn't trot out a lineup if we wanted to of all returners. So that tells you, like, okay, we we got a lot of new people, and you know, we'll we'll see, man. I mean, it is, uh, it is a chance for Bobby Hurley to show his coaching acumen, yeah, in the good or the bad. You know, I mean, it just is. Like, it's a chance for let's let's see, what do you got? You know, can you take this hodgepodge group of transfers and freshmen and a few returners and put together a good team, or is it going to look like a, a you know jumbled mess? I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm excited because Kimbrough came over from Loyola. He was there yeah. for big, deep runs in the tournament. Right, Justice came right. from Kentucky, obviously, postseason familiarity. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious what kind of impact the two of them can have. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, you'd hope for improvement, um, you know, like, the coaching has felt a little off certainly last year it just you know i don't know i guess you know we could probably write a book or somebody could who had more insider knowledge of everything that that went wrong with that team last year and what what went sideways but i think the staff was part of it um it was just a, a lot of bad fits i guess and and you just hope that this year's the opposite of that that you know Last year felt like we had the ideal blend of new faces and returning talent. And I remember saying that to you, like, you know, well, this is going to be great. We got returning guys we can count on. We got new freshmen coming in that are really good. And it just didn't work. And this year's the opposite. We don't have much returning talent. We don't have any, you know, well, I guess we have the one big guy, but we don't have any Josh Christophers who are, you know, top 10 draft picks or think they're top 10 draft picks. So we'll see. See how it all goes. Yeah. 
there's no one here who you have to placate. There's no one here who no, no. is in a position to slow play an injury return. I wouldn't um, think so. No, no. I mean, and I get it with Christopher. I do. I'm and not. He, not he ultimately went first round, didn't he? Didn't he go yeah. at the bottom of the first round? Well, and I'm not. It's not. I'm not saying this to knock Josh Christopher. What I'm no, saying I understand. is, Hurley's best teams here were with three guards who all played in Europe. Yeah. You know, like his best teams were guys who were good and could go pro, but were not NBA talent. Now he's had NBA talent and maybe that's unfair because maybe his best team was the team that got wiped out uh, because of the pandemic with Cheatham and Dort. But could have been, could have been. Yeah. You know, I think there's an argument to be made that the best player he coached for college basketball purposes only was Zylan Cheatham. Probably so. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, it's it's a real fine line when you recruit the one and done types. I mean, if it if it works, it's glorious. We've seen it work at Duke. We've seen it work at Kentucky. Uh, you know, they've won national championships or or been in Final Fours with with you know guys like that. It's like, man, you know, boy, it must be must be uh, you know nice and glorious to have you know Anthony Davis and. DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall and all that. Yeah. But there's also a lot of examples of, you know, Markel Fultz, who went number one in the draft, and they finished under 500. Or Ben Simmons, who went number one in the draft, and they didn't make the tournament. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, look I mean, at, uh, look 99 miles down I-10. Right, right. You know? You know, I mean, they've had some, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've had some. Aiton was number one had, overall. And they got, you know, they were a good team that year, but they were about a five seed and got bounced in the first round or something yeah. like that, you know? And, and, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit like the, you know, the, the, you know, you get tempted by the, the apple in the garden, basically like, you know, it looks good. It looks delicious. Oh, we're going to get this Josh Christopher and he's an NBA prospect and he's a first rounder and, and it might work out. You may take a bite and think, Ooh, that is, that is sweet. Love that. Or you may take a bite and think, eh, I don't know, this isn't this isn't what I thought, uh, or it doesn't go well with the rest of the meal. I guess to maybe make the analogy, like you know, he's a good player, but he didn't fit in well to make a good meal. Uh, you know, like it just uh, nobody has anything really bad to say about him, but you know, you can tell from what they've said that it just the uh, it didn't fit. He didn't he didn't fit with what the rest of the team was trying to do. Yeah, well, and the and the difference I think is what you see with Bagley returning. That, yeah, you know, I I be, I want to believe that everything that happened with Remy Martin and all of the reported story of he loves Hurley, Hurley likes right. him, everything. We doesn't part of you wonder if this the real story is Remy Martin didn't like that Hurley brought in Christopher. Christopher Possibly. didn't like that Martin was there. When the year ended, it was just clearing house of everybody and just trying to start fresh. Uh, yeah, I think that's very possible. I mean, we we talked about it, I think, a week or two ago with projecting what happens with Jaden Daniels after the year. And if he's not you know, good enough to go to the draft, could you see him transfer somewhere else? And I think that might be the case of what happened with Remy Martin. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just – both sides need a fresh start and the transfer portal and the new rules has given that ability much more than it used to be. Uh, you know, because it, it, it used to be that, you know, well, Remy either would have had to 
I guess if he was graduate, he could have gone. But now it's, you know, now it's easy. Like, just, okay, you know, you need a fresh start. We need a fresh start. Go we get love a fresh you. start. You love us, but it's time to move apart. And and I think that was probably the case. I mean, I, I like Remy Martin. We've talked at length about him and his legacy and where he ranks and all of that. Um, and we don't need to relitigate that necessarily. But, you know, he was a good player for us. But is it is it okay that we've moved on? I think so. Now, will it hurt if, you know, he's a starting point guard for the number one team in the country in February and we're uh, under 500? I might eat these words. You know, I, I certainly might. But right now I look at it and think, yeah, it's maybe okay. You know, fresh start for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if he's that, all of that, but we're, you know, the number 17 team in the country. Yeah. That'd then be it great. was for the best. Yeah, yeah. And... And no matter how good he is at Kansas, and as we discussed, I'm not sold he's going to be great at Kansas. But if he's great, I will look at that and say, would he be that great here? Or would he still be kind of just stuck in the mud of, you know, like maybe he'll maybe he'll be great there because he's surrounded by greater talent. And that'll, you know, make the best of him. But I don't think he's a, I'm the best player on a Final Four team. I don't see that. He might be the fifth best player on a Final Four team. We might we might see that this year. Who knows? But I think you know there was that pressure here to like, okay, you got to carry us. You're the star, and I don't think he was that. You know, he's a good player, but he wasn't, you know, Derrick Rose or Anthony Davis or you know somebody like that. Where it's like, hey, this guy's going to carry us to greatness. He wasn't that good. That's okay. Well, and the thing is, not many are. We we know he's not that guy. Because he was here for four years, he and he didn't carry us to do so. It didn't, right? Right. You know, but I think there was that level of it, especially last year. That you know, and maybe even the year before, that like, okay, Remy's our Remy's our best player, and he's you know, and there were too many games where he no showed. There yeah. were games where you know, I remember Howler talking like, you know, oh god, he went the whole second half and he took one shot. Like, well, if you're the best player, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm just not sure he was up to it. That, again, that's okay. You know, uh, there's not many guys who are up to that. Um, James Harden at times wasn't up to that when he was here. Yeah. There were times he shrunk from the moment, admittedly. You know, and, and he's as good as it gets in the NBA. So, Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, that season is just over a month away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's coming quicker than maybe even I realized. Yeah. We're in the heart of football. Basketball's around the corner. It, it's college sports time, man. It is. It is. It's nice. Yes. Yes. It's. Uh. It's. It feels good. And we'll see how. We'll see how good it continues to feel based on results. I suppose. Yeah. Well, we'll be back to break it all down next week. Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.